Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. How does the J.J. Watt deal in Arizona impact the Broncos' potential leverage when a new contract with Von Miller plus Alex Smith? Could he be an option for the Broncos to look at in free agency? We discuss this and more and text message Tuesday with the avid listeners all across Broncos country on today's brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. From the South Stands to the End Zone, I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos Insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. And if you're a returning listener to the show, make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you're a brand new listener of the show here today, if you love the show by the end of the episode, make sure you subscribe as well on your favorite podcasting platform. But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, happy Tuesday all across Broncos country. Hope you guys are doing well. NFL free agency is just around the corner. Some potential deadlines are coming up for the Denver Broncos and the landscape of the National Football League is consistently changing and now we have to look in perspective in hindsight how does the J.J. Watt signing with the Arizona Cardinals, which was massive news yesterday, and if you're here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, you love, uh, by some chance, you're listening to the show and you're a Cardinals fan, I want you guys to check out Lockdown Cardinals to be able to find out all the inside information as to what's going on with J.J. Watt down there in Arizona, a former Broncos head coach, now defense coordinator for the Cardinals down there in Vance Joseph. Check out the Lockdown Cardinals podcast today. But with that said, in hindsight, looking at J.J. Watt's deal with the Cardinals, he signed a two-year contract. That's worth $31 million. $23 million of that is guaranteed, but he's set to make about $15.5 million per season over the course of next year and the year after. How does this impact the Broncos with Von Miller, if at all? And this is something that I wanted to throw out there because you guys have heard me talk about it here on the podcast before. Von Miller at this point, I don't believe it's about money. However, I don't believe that Von's going to be in the market. I don't think he's going to be looking to make $17.5 million or $18 million, what he was looking to make with the Broncos, obviously, this year. If, in fact, that his contract just continued to roll through, if they decided to figure out how to restructure his contract, they wouldn't pay him $18 million this season. That's a lot. And I don't think that's where it's at for Von Miller. However, I think it gives the Broncos a little bit of leverage to say, hey, look, Von, we want you here in Denver. We know you want to finish your career here in Denver. Here's how we can make it happen. And I think that maybe the Broncos could be lying on a three-year extension with Von Miller or a two-year extension, kind of on a similar deal with what J.J. Watt got with the Cardinals. I don't know how much longer Von Miller or J.J. Watt both intend to play football here in the National Football League. But the expectation is that Von Miller will finish his career in Denver. So maybe you start off with the little basis of saying, look, here's a two-year deal. We're going to restructure, renegotiate your contract. Two-year deal, similar value, maybe a little bit more, maybe $16 million, maybe $15.8 million per year over J.J. Watt because Von Miller has played. He's been more durable than J.J. Watt has historically over his career. Denver might have the leverage there. And he was dominating everybody in training camp. And if there is any type of glimpse that the Broncos know about Von Miller, it's what he was doing in training camp before, obviously, he suffered that ankle injury that ended his season before 2020 even began. So there's a lot on the table here. I think we're going to have a lot more clarity on Von Miller's contract situation. Uh, obviously, as this week comes on, I think that when we take a look at the March 5th deadline, I believe, Denver has until then to figure out if they're going to be picking up his club option or not. 
I still believe it's in the works that Von Miller and the Broncos are going to restructure uh, his contract. He's going to end up having maybe a two-year extension added onto it, and I think he's going to remain in Denver for the rest of his career. That's the thought process right now. That's the talk around Dove Valley. However, we'll have to see what the actions of the organization speak to what we're thinking here. But also another intriguing option to talk about here as it pertains to the Broncos is Alex Smith, quarterback of the Washington football team, obviously a former quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs inside the AFC West. The Broncos saw a lot of him uh, over the course of his career in the NFL. The question that I have here, would he be a perfect candidate to come into Denver and mentor or push Drew Locke? Because the Washington football team, they are expected to release him this week. We all know Alex Smith's journey, though, from the surgeries that he had. I mean, the fact that he survived is an amazing testament. The fact that he was still adamant and wanting to play football, I think, speaks to the level of persistence that he has, the willpower and the strength that he has, and obviously his family was very supportive of that. We got a lot of insight to it in his latest interview with GQ. Uh, Nikki Jabvala, obviously former Broncos beat reporter, had shared that on her social media feed, at Nikki Jabvala. Be sure to check that out. But if all this talk about the Broncos looking at veteran options to come in and push and mentor Drew Locke, Alex Smith may not be the worst option. I know there's a lot of people still skeptical about his mobility, but think of it this way. Alex Smith, when he was healthy, he was able to get things going for the Washington football team. He led them. He beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, who still had a very legitimate defense at the time. He helped propel the Washington football team to getting into the playoffs here in 2020 could he be the guy that comes in and pushes Drew Locke? I think, obviously, for Smith, a little bit more time, obviously, this offseason to recover and train, strengthen his leg, get more comfortable, I think could bode well for him and also for any team that's expected to pick him up. But also for a guy like Drew Locke, I mean, we, we've heard about it from Patrick Mahomes. I think at Broncos fans, everybody wants you know, Drew Locke to be the next Patrick Mahomes. They want him to do what Patrick Mahomes did. Well, even Patrick Mahomes would say that he wouldn't be where he was at if it wasn't for Alex Smith. He talked about the importance of Alex Smith's veteran leadership, what he learned about being a pro in the NFL, the day-to-day grind. Alex Smith showed that to Patrick Mahomes, and obviously Patrick Mahomes has the talent to carry that on and even add to what you know he was able to do there. But Alex Smith was a pretty good quarterback before his injury. Could he be the right guy to come in and maybe mentor Drew Locke and push him in training camp? And I think it would be a neck-and-neck training camp battle between those two. The option is, what are the pros and cons? I think the pros is that, look, if Alex Smith you know, is that guy that pushes Drew Locke, you're going to get veteran leadership that he never got with Joe Flacco. He didn't have that experience last year uh, in that quarterback room. It was a relatively young QB room altogether. Jeff Driscoll has some experience in the NFL but not the veteran experience that Alex Smith does. Some of the cons of it, if Drew Locke can't beat out Alex Smith, and if Alex Smith you know, has a, the, those issues where his calf continues to bother him, I know he was dealing with some calf soreness towards the end of the season, had to sit out. Where does that put the Broncos? Can that better a guy like Drew Locke? I think that if Alex Smith were to come into Denver and beat out Drew Locke, that would signify the end, in my opinion, of Drew Locke in Denver, and then the Broncos would rule with these quarterbacks for just one season. That, to me, I think is where the con side lays. But Broncos country, I'd love to hear your input at Cody Work NFL on Twitter. Let me know what the pros and cons are, whether or not you'd be okay with Alex Smith becoming the quarterback of the Broncos in a backup role, or if he pushes and beats out Drew Locke in training camp, is that something you'd be okay with? But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our conversation with you, the avid listeners all across Broncos country, and your questions that you sent to me at 303 303- 529-6323 on text message Tuesday. But before we get to that, I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there, betonline.ag. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they're all still in full swing. 
BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Before we get to some of your responses here on Text Message Tuesday, just want to throw you guys a reminder. Yesterday's episode of the show, we had Broncos defensive lineman Shelby Harris on. He talked about the 2020 season, the reason why he came back to the Broncos after free agency last year, what the free agency market looked like for him, what went on there, and the story when the Broncos were playing the Los Angeles Chargers, and it was game day. He was in the the hotel room. He received word from the team that, hey, you need to answer your cell phone. Your wife is calling you. Her water broke. The type of decision he had to grapple with, obviously debating between leaving and going there for the birth of his son or playing the game. He ended up playing the game, but his journey back to see his son being born was special to Shelby Harris. And we have that full-on interview on yesterday's episode, Locked On Broncos, folks. So after this podcast is over, if you didn't hear yesterday's, make sure you go back and you listen to the show. Let me know what you thought. It was an absolute pleasure having Shelby on the show here in the next coming weeks. We have more Broncos players that will be appearing here as well. So looking forward to telling some of their stories here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Uh, but obviously getting into Text Message Tuesday, love interacting with the avid listeners all across Broncos country. They sent in their text messages to 303-529-6323. You can interact with me there one-on-one through community. It allows me to interact with all of you all across Broncos country. So first things first, starting off here with Brad Reeves. He says, hey, Cody, with all the quarterback talk in Broncos country, I have no interest in selling the farm in a trade. I have not given up on Drew Locke as this last year was really wacky due to COVID. I also feel like we have too much young talent yet to develop. I've heard names like Jerry Judy and trade rumors, and it cuts me to my core. I would rather pay a quarterback to compete for the starting job. Would you rather see a vet come in and mentor Locke or bring in competition? If competition, what are your thoughts on a guy like Tyrod Taylor, who, in my opinion, is untapped potential due to his unfortunate circumstances, team after team? Brad, thank you so much for your text message, my friend. Uh, you know, first off, I'm in agreement with you. A lot of people, look, there was a discussion I had a couple weeks ago with Broncos fans on Twitter. I said, look, I do not want to sell the farm uh, for a trade. And there's these little avatar Twitter accounts that just talk smack and are very toxic and try to troll and say, oh, you people shouldn't listen to this guy. Well, here's the deal, folks. That's just my opinion. My opinion is not the end-all, be-all, right? It's just my opinion. I also respect your opinion if it's the differing point. Uh, but I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Brad, here. I don't believe in selling the farm. You know, we talk about this whole trade saga with Deshaun Watson. I, I feel like it's it's crazy because he's not available. But so many people want to give up three first-round picks. They want to give up, you know, multiple seconds and thirds and also multiple players. That's way too much. You're giving up essentially potentially five-plus overall players or potential players. If you give up two players on your roster plus, you know, four or five draft picks, you're giving up a lot of essential capital that maybe you could use in years to come. Who knows? Hindsight will always be 2020 on the other side of it, whether or not never should or shouldn't have. You know, overall, I do agree with you there. You know, the Broncos, however, have not been throwing Jerry Judy or Drew Locke into any of those trades for quarterbacks like the Detroit Lions and Matthew Stafford. They never threw those guys in there in the trades. They offered draft picks and Detroit had countered saying, hey, we want Jerry Judy. We want Drew Locke. Denver said no. Drew Locke has also garnered some trade interest around the National Football League. Various teams have called Denver about Drew. 
Denver has said we are not trading him. They want to see, and George Payton really believes he wants to see what Drew Locke can do, wants to give him the chance to develop. And Ian Rappaport went on the Pat McAfee show last week, and I thought he said it perfectly. You want to be able to give this guy another opportunity to come in and say, look, he is in year two, essentially entering year three of his career, but not enough in terms of games. He hasn't really played two full seasons. What can he do? Can he make the stride here in 2021? If not, it gives the Broncos that part saying, look, hey, we did our due diligence. It didn't work out. Now we can really focus on the future of the position going forward here. I believe the Broncos' best bet, and this is just my opinion, would to bring in a veteran quarterback. And, and like you mentioned, Tyrod Taylor. We talked about Alex Smith in the previous segment here on the show. Cam Newton might be an option there. Like just some of these guys that have experience that have been around the NFL and have that experience of being on different teams I think would be good for Denver because it'd also be good for a guy like Drew Locke. However, if a veteran comes in and beats out Drew Locke, how much mentoring is really going to go on for Drew Locke as a Denver Bronco? Maybe the mentoring is going to go on to where Drew is still under contract with the Broncos, but afterwards the Broncos maybe part ways with him. He takes that mentorship elsewhere, right? Maybe it pans out for him. Maybe Drew Locke is the guy launcher. Maybe he becomes that guy. But I think competition for Drew would be great because it's going to push you. And, and I can tell you this, just as a former player, the one thing I've always appreciated, now when you're a player, you don't appreciate it. But when your, your playing days are done and you can reflect on it, you do appreciate it. I remember coming into training camp, you know, I, you know we just came off of a championship season. You know, I was a starting cornerback on the boundary side. And the, the thing that stood out to me was coach was like, hey, you know, we've got a brand new DB. We're, we know we just signed, we brought in. And he's gonna. You guys are gonna compete. You guys are gonna compete for the starting spot on the on the right side or the boundary side, depending on you know wherever we we deem fit. And the first thought process in my head, you know, talking to my coach, I was like, you know what, coach, you know, I love it. Competition's great. Internally, it was like they're really gonna bring some new guy in to try to replace me, try to compete with me. No one's gonna compete with me, right? That was my mindset as an athlete. That's the same thing for Drew Locke. Drew Locke has the belief in himself, and as an athlete, you have to have that belief in yourself. But I can tell you this: at first, when you bring in a new guy, there's a little bit of animosity, not. I'm not really necessarily at at the person as a you know as the player as a person, but more so as the player. Like, hey, this guy's gonna you know he's gonna try to come in here and take everything that I've worked for. I'm not gonna let that happen. So you you tend to be on your best game where there's competition around you. That's the one thing I miss about the game in general. And and when I coached kids as well. There'd be times where I'd throw a new guy in there. You know, I coach defensive backs and I help coordinate a defense. I would throw guys in there to really kind of push my starters because when you are a starter and you have that position locked up, you know, no competition, you tend to get complacent at times. It happens in the National Football League. That's why the business is so brutal because organizations are constantly looking to either stay good or get better. They're never going to be stagnant. So they're going to look at bringing in competition to help bolster that performance at that position. And my coach got the best out of me. I won the competition in, in obviously training camp and ended up starting, you know, all the games of my career the rest of the way uh, before I, you know, suffered an injury. But for me, I always appreciated after the fact, once my playing career was over, that coach pushed me because I was in my own head. I was too selfish. I was more self-absorbed with this is my position. Competition is good. And a guy like Tyrod Taylor, Brad, I think would be a good push as well because he's a guy that, in my opinion, wasn't surrounded by the best circumstances in Buffalo, but yet his play in Buffalo helped elevate them. And they also had a pretty dang good defense to help out as well. The supporting cast around him in Buffalo, I felt like, wasn't great. The Los Angeles Chargers situation, that whole entire experience was just rough for him. I feel for him. You have Justin Herbert, quarterback one, waiting in the wings here. Tyrod was waiting behind Phillip Rivers before Phillip Rivers was released and ended up going to the Indianapolis Colts. And Tyrod was going to be the guy. And then a mishap by the team doctor, it shelves his career in L.A. So really, what does Tyrod Taylor have to offer? 
That, to me, I think is an interesting thing to analyze this offseason. I think your question was phenomenal here, Brad, so thank you so much. I do believe competition is going to be great for the Broncos at quarterback, whoever it may be, whoever they bring in. I think that would be the best bet for Denver. My man Drake Ricard says, no question, but Marcus Mariota to Denver for obvious reasons. Have a good week, bro. And my man Drake Ricard, you guys don't know, he's all the way in Hawaii. He listens to the show every single day. He's one of my good friends. I really appreciate Drake, his knowledge, his contributions here on the podcast, and a phenomenal human being, one of my favorite uh, members of Broncos country to interact with. And obviously, uh, you know, being in an area where he grew up around the the Tua Tungo Viola family uh, and also the Mariota family as well makes a lot of sense here. So I see you my man Steve Cochran is up next he says does JJ Watts terms give us a good idea of Vaughn's value I'm not sure at this point we have really much insight as to what it does whether or not it's going to influence what the Broncos do like I said the Broncos want Von Miller back Von Miller wants to come back to Denver his uh, profile picture is nothing but Denver Broncos stuff his profile photos on Instagram are nothing but Broncos things as well I imagine he's going to be back regardless I don't think he's going to get a low ball deal where the Broncos are going to say hey we're going to pay you 10 million per year I don't think it's going to be that I think we see something for Von Miller on the $14.5 million per year or the $15.6, $15.7 million per year range if the Broncos extend him by two years. I really have a strong hunch in that. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get to the rest of your amazing questions here on Text Message Tuesday. But before we do that, folks, i got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends of their rockauto.com. I love rockauto.com because over the summer, I told you guys a story about how the Colorado heat, when I went to Oregon, I came back and my steering wheel cover was absolutely melted and faded away due to exposure to direct sunlight. You know how hot it gets in the summer here in Colorado. Well, my steering wheel paid the price for it, so I I needed a new black leather cover to be able to make up for that. So when people look in my window or if they, you know, are looking at me at any point in time, my steering wheel is not all faded and they say, Hey, this guy doesn't take good care of his vehicle. Rockauto.com helped me take care of that. And I got a brand new steering wheel cover from them. So I was very grateful for the family dynamic over there. Rockauto.com, a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. And you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you could be looking for. If you need something new for your car or you're building up something in the garage, a project they have everything you need, and you can get it all delivered directly to your door in just a few easy clicks. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate at rockauto.com, where you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. You can choose the brands, the specifications, heck, even the prices that you prefer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Lockdown Broncos in there. How did you hear about us, Box? so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com Jumping into the fourth quarter of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Broncos coach, I also want your input on something as well. There's a new app going around called Clubhouse, and I want to figure out if there's a feasible way to interact with you guys. It's audio chat, being able to do a podcast there on Clubhouse, involving you getting your voices here on the podcast as well. If that's something you're interested in, you have an iPhone, let me know. I'll be happy to send you an invite. I've got about 10 invites I can give out to Clubhouse, and if you want in, let me know. I'll make it happen, then we'll start creating some Broncos focus rooms to be able to talk about the team that you root for on Sundays but continuing on here on text message Tuesday previously we heard from Steve Cochran on whether or not J.J. Watt's contract gives the Broncos a better idea on Vaughn's value now we transition here to Jason Little he says hey Cody great episode yesterday with Shelby Harris are there any particular free agents that you think that the Broncos should pursue I think we agree that the in-house guys need to be taken care of first 
but a veteran cornerback like Patrick Peterson could be huge and could allow Denver to get one of the game-changing linebackers in the draft and build more young depth at corner later. I think you make a lot of great points here, Jason. And the first thing I'm going to highlight here as it pertains to free agency, I absolutely do believe the Broncos should make an effort to push for a Patrick Peterson. I do believe having a veteran presence in any position room is great. We saw what it did when DeMarcus Ware came in for the Broncos and for Von Miller, for guys like Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett, what that impact meant. Uh, You know, even talking with Shelby Harris on yesterday's episode of the show, Jarrell Casey, he said that they learned in that position room, they learned so much from Jarrell Casey because of his experience, that he was a wealth of knowledge that provided them with information how to be better as pass rushers. And we saw that play out for the Broncos last season on the field. So I think for a young secondary that Denver has in the cornerback room in particular, a veteran option there would be great. And also getting a younger cornerback in the draft to be able to allow to develop and be able to fit that mold a little bit, I think would be great for Denver. I think that the Broncos in-house linebacker situation, still in my opinion, you know, I think Troy Rank of Denver 7 had a great interview with Justin Sternit out of Wake Forest, who suffered that season-ending injury in training camp with the wrist. It was a dislocated wrist, and they couldn't reset it. And because of that, in order to prevent some potential nerve damage from happening, they had to go in and do surgery on it, and that's why he missed all of the season. He's currently undergoing his rehab physical therapy at the Broncos team facility every single week there in Dove Valley. I think it's great to be able to see a little bit insight into him, but he even talked about how he really feels like he was drafted to be that guy to come in and cover those guys, cover the Travis Kelseys and the Darren Waller. He says Darren Waller is really fast, but for him as a linebacker, he feels like he can do that, and we haven't seen that yet, right? And I think that's the surprise appeal there. So if there's something that George Payton, the scouting department, the Broncos coaching staff know uh, that we don't know just yet about Justin Sternit, I imagine that linebacker is probably something that is on their list. I imagine they're going to take a look at linebacker. Are they going to do it in round one? Uh, it's really debatable. I think right now cornerback is still the move where Denver is leaning. I'd be very shocked if they went quarterback in the draft, but obviously things can change. A, a lot of what they do in free agency here in about 16 days is going to give us a better inclination as to maybe where they're thinking and what they're leaning on. But like I tell Broncos country, and you guys, you know, you're going to probably get tired of me saying it, but if it does work out, then I'm going to dunk on myself here and say, hey, look, here's the deal. Justin Sternid was a guy that I felt like we didn't talk enough about in the offseason. So I'm really trying to put Justin Sternid's name out there even more than it has been because a lot of these conversations about linebacker haven't even mentioned Justin Sternid, who Denver brought in particularly for his ability to cover. So very excited to see what he can bring as well. And I do agree that building more young depth at corner is important. Rashad Vaughn is up next. He says, hey, Cody, I think we should sign Philip Lindsay to a new deal. And with Melvin Gordon possibly being suspended for a couple of games, should the Broncos release Melvin Gordon or keep him? And if we release him, who will be a good fit with Philip Lindsay as a one-two punch? You know, this is a, a topic of discussion right now, Rashawn, that I, I have no information on. I have no idea which way the position is going to shake out. There's talk from national media heads that the Broncos may not bring back Philip Lindsay. There's also talk that they are going to bring him back. And for Melvin Gordon, you know, I don't think that the Broncos are going to release him. However, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong here, correct me if I am somebody, I believe that because of the fact of Melvin Gordon, if he is suspended by the NFL for the DUI, and if Melvin Gordon does miss two or three games as expected, then I think they can void some of the overall guarantees in his deal. So his overall cap hit won't be as bad. Denver's still going to roll with Melvin Gordon. 
I would be shocked if the Broncos parted ways with Gordon. But then again, stranger things have happened in the National Football League. But my inclination right now is that Gordon is going to be on the Broncos roster in 2020. Philip Lindsay, in my opinion, the Broncos, I've said it here, they need to re-sign him. He can contribute. He can be an impactful guy. And then you have another year of Royce Freeman. But you can also draft a running back in this year's draft to be a potential replacement for either a Melvin Gordon or a Royce Freeman down the road. I still think that Philip Lindsay is a valuable weapon that if the Broncos let him go, He's going to go to some team out there, and he's going to put up big numbers, and we're all going to be sitting here saying, why did the Broncos let him go? It's all about utilization. I think that we can all agree that Philip Lindsay, there's areas in his game he absolutely has to improve. He has to be more involved as a pass catcher. He has to be more than just the guy that runs the ball because that's what defenses uh, expected from him last season. It was very evident when he was on the field, Denver was going to run and not pass. There was only a couple times they really went with the pass, and he stayed in and pass pro. He didn't do bad in pass pro, contrary to the narrative that a lot of people are pumping out there. So I think that Philip Lindsay should be back in Denver. But, you know, the rest of the stuff right now, Rashawn, I have no idea how it's going to pan out. Robert Monkhouse is up next. He says, what do you do about Von Miller? Would you exercise his option or would you try to rework a contract or let him go? You know my stance on this one, uh, Robert. You know, I said it earlier in the podcast, I believe the Broncos should try to rework his contract, let him finish out his career in Denver. He wants to. I think he can contribute still at a very high level. I know not a lot of people think that. There's a lot of national media heads that are saying that Von Miller Miller, oh, he only had eight sacks a couple years ago. He had a season-ending injury before the season began last year. He's not going to do much, but he was dominating people in training camp. He's virtually unstoppable, according to Broncos head coach Vic Fangio. Let us see what Von Miller can do. And I think that the Broncos would be making a big mistake if they go into it, release him, let him go somewhere else, and then he puts up big numbers. Because pass rusher, regardless, if you let go of Von Miller, Outside linebacker, your edge rusher becomes a major, major significant area of need alongside defensive line now and even cornerback. You don't want to have those issues when you have the some of the talent that you have on the roster because then I think it sets you back a couple of years. So we'll see what the Broncos decide to do there. CJ Morgan says, do you think that drafting Micah Parsons at number nine would be a good fit for Fangio's defense? And how does he compare as a linebacker prospect to Devin Bush, who he passed on a couple of years ago? This is a great question, CJ. Now, in terms of Micah Parsons, I think athletically, I think physicality-wise, he fits what Vic Fangio would want from his linebacker. However, the thing that I look at is still Justin Sternid, right? Everyone's talking about linebacker, but no one's talking about Sternid. I think that Sternid has some of those developmental traits and less character concerns. I mean, Sternid was highly regarded at Wake Forest as a captain. Uh, we talked to Lyle Hemphill, his defensive coordinator in college, and said even though after he suffered a season-ending injury, he was at every practice, he was at every position meeting, he was in the locker room preparing as if he was going to play. He was still taking notes. He was helping guys out there. That tells me everything I need to know about a guy like Sturdid. Now, in terms of Parsons, the talent is there. However, what is the character like? That's what NFL teams are going to be trying to figure out here in the next month and a half leading up to the NFL draft. Obviously, the pro day, there's a lot of questions as it pertains to that. And if he can clear some of those misconceptions up or obviously some of those concerns, maybe he can change the outlook on him. But there's a chance Micah Parsons, because of these character concerns, falls back late into round one, potentially into round two. Will that happen, though? That is the uh, the question that I have. Who knows? But a lot of NFL teams right now, we're looking at guys who are captains and leaders and don't have uh, some of those character concerns. I think definitely Parsons has the has the bull to be able to do that. He can cover. Yeah, he can you know play really well against the run. He can plug, shed double teams, shed blocks. He can create havoc. Uh, the question is, is he the type of guy that you can count on in your locker room? And when you're away from the football field, can you count on him there? That is uh, the question that we all have to uh, kind of figure out there. My good friend Eric Blackman says so much 
much quarterback talk in Broncos country lately. Do you think we bring in a hedge? If so, who do you have on your list? You know, we talked about that a little bit earlier here in segment one, Eric, but, you know, if I have to give the quarterbacks that I personally, if I was a general manager, that I would bring in to compete with Drew Locke, one of them would be Alex Smith. I would bring in Alex Smith, Cam Newton, and Jacoby Brissett. Those would be the three quarterbacks. If I had a list, a top three list, it would be those three players there. We talked about Cam Newton's dynamic, obviously, former relationship with Mike Shula, the Broncos quarterback coach. I think he could execute the uh, the Pat Shermer offense and have an arguably potentially the best talent around him that he's ever had in his career would be even more exciting when you factor in the weapons with Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, K.J. Hamler, Tim Patrick, Noel Fant, Albert Okwebunam, and the running backs that Denver has, and an offensive line. I think Cam Newton would do really well in Denver. You know, Alex Smith, we talked about the veteran presence, the mentorship that he could provide to Drew Locke. Uh, You know, if he is the backup in that quarterback room there, I think he'd be a great prospect also to have to continue to instill knowledge into Brett Rippon as well. I think Brett Rippon's going to have a long-term role in the Broncos organization as a backup, um, and he's going to be one of those guys that you can rely on if, in fact, he does have to come in. Uh, so outside of that, I would say that those guys are the option. Jacoby Brissett, you know, another veteran guy, durable, you know, sizable as well, hard to bring down. Denver's had some experience against him. Maybe just for the fact that he'd be one of those guys to come and compete. I don't know. Is he going to be better than Jeff Driscoll? Maybe, right? But there's a chance he ends up back in New England with uh, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. But a lot of great questions from all of you in Broncos country. Thank you so much for your contributions here on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos text message Tuesday. Tomorrow, we will be back with the latest Broncos news and notes. Will we have an update on the Von Miller contract situation? What moves could the Broncos make? And more. You get that on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos, here on your favorite podcast provider. I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Broncos. We'll see you tomorrow, Broncos country, for a brand new episode of the show.